Come on, somebody give him some praise. What a year. Come on. Man, Baptism's new campus is God has blessed us every campus wow what a tremendous year glory to god i mean man we're just exciting jesus said in matthew 16 18 i will build my church or literally i will build my gathering and the gates of hell will not prevail against it he is building his gathering at faith promise church amen come on he is wow thank you god Whatever campus you're at, we welcome you in Pellissippi, North Knoxville, Anderson County, Campbell County, Blount County, Internet Campus, UT Downtown, whatever campus you're with us. We're thrilled that you're worshiping with us. God is moving this weekend. Our last message of 2013. Has this year flown by or am I the only one? Man, it has just flown by. It has been one of the best years that we have ever experienced at Faith Promise. We started this year, I preached a message 365 days ago, just about, uh, on Psalm 6511, you crown the year with your goodness or your bounty and your paths, the hard places, drip with fatness or fertility. And the, I really believe that was, our, that was our verse. 2012 was a sowing year. It was difficult in so many ways. We didn't grow. It was a struggle financially in every way. And yet God has moved in this year, and he really, truly has crowned this year with his goodness. You know, almost 600 baptisms. Man, that just rocks. Man, that rocks. Two new campuses online, Anderson County Campus and Campbell County Campus, and those guys are doing great, Sid and Chad and those teams. Come on, let's give them a hand, church. Wow. <clears throat> Tremendous. See, if you read the Bible from Genesis through the Revelation, God is always about expanding his kingdom. He's always advancing. He's always moving. And he is expanding his kingdom through Faith Promise Church in so many ways, in adding services, in adding sites, in our big productions, in, in the ministries, in, and, and the new seats and new services that we add. Uh, I don't know about you, but a lot of folks, you know, we just finished Christmas and Sometimes you get together, family or people come over, and, and you, you grab the dining room table. Some of y'all have a tent table, and you pull it apart, and you put a what in the middle? Put a leaf in the middle. Why? Because there's more people. So you, you put a leaf in the table, and you make the table bigger. And if you're in the Bible, they talk about pulling up the tent pegs and expanding the tent. Well, see, God is expanding the tent. He is, as we've got two new campuses this year, and all that he's doing, he's putting another leaf in the table. And right now, our Costa Rica leaf is almost ready as we're launching a church in Costa Rica, Central America, in another couple months. And man, exciting new campuses. Matter of fact, do you know that our Blunt County campus, man, they are just, are, man, they just can't get enough over there. The Blunt County campus is planning on planning another campus. So, man, way to go, Blunt. They're looking at Madisonville. Over there, we're, we're looking at North City, Roan County, Sevierville, to a place near you, wherever you are. Man, we are coming because God wants to expand his kingdom. And so that's what we do. And let me just tell you, I don't say it near enough. Uh, the last time Pastor Josh Whitehead, executive pastor, uh, preached, I listened to the message, and he said this, we, we are so grateful for so many of you. We would not be able to do what we do for Jesus were it not for you. And I think it's just some things that this church is and so many people that go here, the commitment level on so many folks is so high. 
Whatever God leads us to do, there's no doubt that, that you guys can pull it off. The commitment, we had almost 200 people this year sign on the dotted line say, I want to be in the core, got a coin. And I'm going to tell you, we live in a day when people aren't committed to anything, are they? Swiss URC, all that. But, man, we had people say, hey, we want in. We want to be a part of the core. We want to serve. We want to give. We want to be in group. We want to grow. We want to help expand the kingdom of God. And then there are the sacrifice that so many people make that no one knows about but God. That new car you put off or that carpet you put off or that addition you put off or things that you chose to do without so that you could give more. People that are on our, you know, we have four levels of givers and we have people that are at the core level 10% and then we have above that lavish givers that sacrifice that they literally set their lifestyle so that they can give more. They just, they give out of a heart of worship and generosity. So we have so many people to sacrifice. They serve multiple services and they go to different campuses and serve. We have people that have such a heart for God. They care about people that don't care about us. They care about people that are far from God. They're willing to do whatever it takes to connect to God to people that are far from Him. And we also have people that have enormous faith. I, I talk to people in the ministry all the time. I, I, spend, I probably talk to people in the ministry you know, out there, guys, church planners, and other pastors more than I talk to any other group. And, and, and this is what they say, God, re- really, I believe God wants me to do this, but the church won't do it. And I think God wants to do this, but the church doesn't have enough faith. And they say, God's given me all these great dreams and visions, but we can't do any of them. You know what faith promise? We put beat to feet. But whatever God says, go, that's where we go. Amen. Give him some praise. Thank you, guys. In Hebrews chapter 13, 11, this is what y'all do. Hebrews 13, I mean 13, verse 17 says this. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable for you. Every, every week, 1,500 pastors quit. Only 10% of the guys that started the ministry finish in the ministry. It's just, it's one of the most dangerous professions there are. It doesn't kill people physically, but it kills them spiritually in every other way. And people just quit all the time. They just quit, they quit, they quit. Because they, they thought they were going to fight the devil and win lost people, and they spend all their time fighting church members. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You see, the Bible says, and it's talking about the pastors and elders and leaders at church. It says, obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who are given account. Let them do this with joy, not with grief. You guys, listen. You let us lead with joy and never with grief. It is just unbelievable. For, for the scripture said, this would be unprofitable for you. If you give grief to the leaders that they cannot lead where God, this is going to cause grief for you because you're not going to achieve all that God wants you to do. But because you give, because you serve, because you sacrifice, because you have faith, because you have a heart for God, we get to do more for Jesus than we would have ever gotten to do. Matter of fact, it is miraculous to be a part of what we get to be a part of. See, we've, some of us have been around here so long, we've just grown accustomed to growing 1,000 people in a year. <laughs> we say, oh, do we only had 1,000 this year, really? A couple campuses, is that it? You, do you know that, that like 98% of churches in America have never seen 1,000? It never will? Um, do you know that 90% of all churches are plateaued or declining? Churches are closing the doors every day, and we have the favor and the life and the light and the anointing of God. 
Man, we are, we are a blessed church. Man, hallelujah. Thank you, God. Man. Wow. It's just, it's, it's unbelievable all that God does. Now, I've got a question for you. If you listen, Sam. With all that God has done and how God has moved, what do you think God might have planned for us? You ever just let your mind dream and wonder and think about all that God could have planned for us? Some of you are new. We are we're part of the way into this decade that we started in 2010. We, we called it the decade of dreams. And in the decade of dreams, our goal was to be at the end of this decade running 10,000 every weekend. Well, there's not a church in Tennessee that runs 10,000. So people said, well, that's crazy. We can't do that. And I said, just hide and watch. Just hide and watch. He that says it can be done should not get in the way of he that's doing it. And so we are, we are right on track to be at the end of this decade, by the end of 2019, to be running 10,000 in about 15 locations. Man, praise God. A verse that I use either at the beginning or the end, actually, I have not preached this weekend in about 10 years. So it's people are saying, you're going to be here this weekend? Well, I said, well, yeah, well, you hadn't been here 10 years, so, uh, you know, we just thought we'd ask. Because we're, my family, we usually don't give Christmas presents, so we take the kids on a cruise. But my son, uh, Zach, who's our student pastor at the Blount County campus, wife Rachel, is due any minute. And so I'm going to be a papaw sometime in the next, before this year is over. Excited about that. So we're not on the family cruise, of which Micah doesn't understand why, because Zach is having a kid. He doesn't get to go on the cruise. He somehow said that was wrong and unfair, and you know, but Michelle and I's 30th anniversary is coming, so she and I are going to go on a cruise in March <clears throat> With, without Micah. By the way, just without Micah. And so it's going to be wonderful. Now, but but th this is a verse that, I don't know how I got there. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm really not. I just, I love to get Micah any opportunity that I get. But I use this verse usually the first weekend, last weekend or your first weekend that I, that I preached. In, in Malachi chapter 3, verse 16, it says this. Then those who feared the Lord. Who's that? Who's that? Those who feared the Lord. That's us spoke to one another, and the Lord gave attention and heard it. We've been speaking to one another in worship, and now we've been speaking to one another in the Word. The Lord gave attention and heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before him. So God is writing a book. He's writing a book of what we say to each other and what God does in our midst. A book of remembrance was written before him, for those who fear the Lord and who esteem his name. Do we esteem the name of the Lord? They will be mine, says the Lord of hosts. On that day that I prepare my own possession, I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. So you will again distinguish between the righteous and the wicked, between the one who serves God and the one who does not serve God. So what God is doing is God is writing a book of remembrance of all that we do for him, all the ministry, all the souls, all the service, all the time you spend serving children or opening your house up to a small group or serving our student ministry or running a camera or working worse for tech or greeters or ushers or serving in the parking lot. Everything that we're doing for God, God's writing it down. He's got a book. He's writing down this book of remember. Was, his, he's remembering. 
And, and we like to go back and remember because the things that we celebrate, we begin to anticipate. Celebration creates anticipation. So we celebrate almost 600 baptisms. We celebrate two new, two new uh, campuses. We celebrate almost 1,000 more people coming at this point in the ballgame than were coming here last year at this point in the ballgame. And this is what I believe. This is my word for the weekend. This is what my word for next year. Are you ready? If you're ready, say I am. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. God always holds the best for last. You say, well, Pastor, you know, I'm old. I don't feel good. You know, I'm looking forward to heaven. How's the best yet to come? Well, listen, even if you die tomorrow, it's going to be better there than here. So if you stay here another year, it's going to get better. If you go there, it's going to get way better. I, everybody I talk to when I go to a funeral home or funerals that I do or whatever, I'll walk up and put my arm around the person who's, who is mourning the, the passing of a, of a loved one. If they're a believer, I'll walk up and say, hey, they're having a better day than we are. They're having a better day than we are. And they just smile and say, you better believe it. And I'll say this, hey, they wouldn't come back if they could. As a matter of fact, they're going to be waiting. Your husband, your wife, your mom or dad, they'll be waiting at the gate when you get there. It's going to be wonderful. We're going to be family reunion in heaven. Man, it's going to be good. Now, I, 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 we, we've messed up at the Stevens house the last few months from about Thanksgiving. We have, we've, we've, we've gotten what I call the hog trough sort of phase. We've been eating everything, so our family's beginning to get, you know, we're, we're, we're starting to just be the loser in our house. I'm not going to say you should, but uh, we're doing the biggest loser at our house. And, and the deal is when I get to heaven, calories won't count. I'm going to have a bowl of banana pudding six foot deep and dive into it. Okay. It's good. Hey, the best is yet to come. Now, I'm a pusher. I got that. I know that. I have been warned by seminary professors, by other friends. I know that I push. Because, see, when I was a heathen, I was hellbound. I was a drug dealer and all those kind of things. Man, I pushed for the devil. I pushed for sin, for things that would last 30 seconds or a minute, for some cheap hour, a quick buzz. And, and I took advantage of people, and I hurt people, and I ruined people, and I devastated people. And, and, and I, I gave the devil all that I could give him. And now that I'm born again, I'm pushing for Jesus at 200%. Man, I'm pushing for that that lasts forever. So we're going to push and push and push. And as God's been moving on us and, and, and speaking to us, God has revealed just at least a part of his plan for us. And it's going to get better. The best is yet to come. It's, it, he's beginning to reveal what he can do with us and what he can do with all of us. What he can do in your life. What he can do. Because God wants to bless you. He longs to bless you. Y'all believe that? And he longs to bless us. That's what God does. God looks for opportunities to bless. Now, I want you to understand my heart as your pastor. And we have lots of pastors. And if you're another campus, you have a campus pastor. And I know you look to them. But as a senior leader, as a senior pastor of Faith Promise, I, I want you to know a few things as we finish this year and we move into next year. First of all, I want the book of remembrance before God as it pertains to you to be full. Now, there's some people that come here. If you die tomorrow, when you get there, the book of remembrance that he has of things that you do for God are going to be scant at best. Because you're living for the world and you're not living for God. And as your pastor, man, listen, it, is, it is absolutely consumes me 
that, that the book of remembrance before God be full of all the things that you've done. That when you stand before the bema seat, the judgment seat of Christ, and you, if you're a believer, you will stand there. If you're not a believer, you won't see the bema seat. You'll stand at the great white throne of judgment, and you'll be separated from God forever and cast into eternal lake of fire. But those of us that are born again, we're going to stand before the bema seat, and we're going to give an account, Romans 14, 12, of everything we've done for God. Second Corinthians, there's all kinds of places Jesus talks about. It's all through. And when you stand at the judgment seat, it is, it is the deep drive and desire of my heart and our leadership's heart that you are highly favored there. That you hear, well done, good and faithful servant. That you enter, in, you hear, enter into the joy of your master. That you, are, that you get to rule and reign with Jesus. That you are rewarded and highly regarded in heaven. Because getting to heaven is all about grace. Your standing in heaven is all about what you did for him after you were saved. Are you with me? Now, we don't talk about that much, but I'm telling you, it is a huge thrust of the teaching of our Lord. Go back and read the 39 parables and read it with the judgment in mind. Now, I just want to, man, when I was a heathen, I was all about me, all about what I wanted, my, give, give me, give me, give me. I was a horrible person. And then I was saved and God forgave me. And man, it's been almost 33 years now since I met the Lord. And, and we serve an all-powerful God. Because what God is really probably in the last several years been, he'd been working on me for the 33, but he's finally beginning to accomplish giving me a pastor's heart. And it's hard to have a pastor's heart when you're selfish and stingy. Amen? Because your focus is on you. But, but, when I'm, but, but I've asked God to give me the heart of a shepherd, give me the heart of a leader to, to help me lead people. Now, I'm not perfect. I want you to understand something. No way am I perfect. But I want so much more for you than I want from you. I want so much more for you in your walk with God, in your experience, than you've ever dreamed. I want for you and all of the elders and the pastors and the leadership team, we all want for you that you would live God's preferred future for you. So as we finish up 2013, as we march into 2014, man, my heart for you, my heart for us as the senior pastor at Faith Promise Church is that, that, is that, man, you just get engulfed with God, but you walk favored, that you fill that book of remembrance up before the Lord. Now, I'm going to read you some verses, and these are the Apostle Paul talking to churches. So I'm going to read you these. Romans chapter 1, verse, starting in verse 7, to all who are beloved of God in Rome, call this saints, grace to you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I want you, the reason I'm going to read you several passages around, I want you to hear the heart of a shepherd. I want you to hear this. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all because your faith is being proclaimed throughout the whole world. For God, who I serve in my spirit in the preaching of the gospel of his son, is my witness how unceasingly I make mention of you always in my prayers every day. Not only me, but all of our senior team, all of our pastors, we pray for you every day. We take you to the Lord every single day. Making requests. If perhaps now, at last by the will of God, I may succeed in coming to you, for I long to see you so that I may impart some spiritual gift to you, that you may be established. And so Paul is, is in, let me, in verse 12, that is that I'm, I may be encouraged together with you while among you for each of us, by each, each other's faith, both yours and mine. Again, he's just, man, he's telling him, hey, I miss you, I want to be with you. 
1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 says this, Grace you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given you in Christ, that in everything you were enriched in Him in all speech and knowledge, even as the testimony concerning Christ was confirmed in you, so that you're lacking, not lacking any gift, awaiting eagerly the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ who also will confirm you to the end, blameless in the day of our Lord. See, he's concerned about him. Philippians chapter 1, again, he's, he's worried, he's concerned about him. Starting in verse 2, grace and peace to you from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. You hear that over and over in the Apostle Paul's letters. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always offering prayer with every joy in, my, in, uh, in every prayer for you all. In the view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now, for I'm confident of this very thing, that he that began a work, good work in you will perfect it in the day of Christ Jesus. For it's only right for me to feel this way about you all because I have you in my heart. Since both in my imprisonment and the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you were all partakers of grace with me. For God is my witness how I long for you with all the affection of Christ Jesus. And this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve the things that are excellent in order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ, having been filled with the fruit of righteousness which comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Let me give you one more. First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 2. We give thanks to God always for all of you, making mention of you in our prayers, constantly bearing in mind your work and faith and your labor of love and your steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the presence of God and Father, knowing, brethren, beloved by God, his choice of you. For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but in power and in the Holy Spirit with full conviction, just as you know what kind of men we prove to be among you for your sake. You also became imitators of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much tribulation with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. You feel the heart of Paul? He's writing letters saying, I miss you, I pray for you, I love you, I'm praying the grace and mercy. Man, I'm seeking the heart of God for you, I'm concerned about you, I want to make sure you stand firm, I want to make sure that you don't fall away, I want to make sure you're walking in the Spirit, I want to make sure you're, you're I just want to make sure, he's just, he's always worried, he's like a, he, he's a spiritual parent, he's got all these churches, he's, he's gone planted all over, and he's, he leads me to go plant another one, he's worried about the folks. The reason that I push you so hard, the reason that I push me so hard, the reason that I will not let up or shut up or stop up or let go until Jesus comes back is because we will stand before that Bema and because there are other people to win. And so, man, I, I want you to walk worthy of the calling, so I pray for you every day. Man, we, we pray for you. We, we encourage you. We try to motivate you. We think of new ways to, to spur you on to love and good service. But let me tell you one of the things as we look in 2014 that absolutely breaks my heart. If you're ready, say I'm ready. This is, and that is this. How low some people set their spiritual sights. So we're moving into 2014. We're you know, we're doing all this kind of stuff, and, and I hear people, and I, I talk to people, and I, I try to ascertain where they are spiritually and where they're going and what they're thinking. And, I, and I, I see so many people that have set their sights for themselves and their personal spiritual growth at virtually just a, a nil, a negative. If I can just hang on, Pastor, another year, that'll be good. No, it won't be good. God doesn't want you to hang on. God wants you to thrive. 
He wants you to he wants you to revive. He wants you to ignite. He wants you to be a blazing inferno for him. He wants to set your heart on fire. He wants to consume you with his Holy Spirit. He wants to use you in his kingdom. He wants to let his favor fall upon you. He wants his peace to rest upon you. He wants his anointing and his word to flood your heart. God wants you to be an overcomer. God wants you to walk in victory in this world. That's what he wants. But we set our sights so low for ourselves. And maybe if you're married, set your sights so low for your family. And if you're involved in ministry, you, so many people set their sights so low in ministry. And probably 3,000 of us this weekend don't even have a ministry sighting. Because we're not involved at all in ministry. We come, we soak it up, we worship, we clap, we sing, and we go on. Well, this is the problem. And I want to challenge you as you get ready for a new year. Of just a thought, why do so many saints believe the lies of Lucifer? See, Jesus said in John 8, 32, you shall know the what? The what? You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. See, the problem with many of us being free is we don't know the truth. And so when Lucifer lies to us, we bite the lure, we believe the lie because we don't have the truth to offset the lie. And so this is what people tell me, Pastor, I'd love to give, man, I just so wish we could, but we can't give. We love to serve, we really would love to be involved in ministry, but we just can't really serve. You know, I, God just really can't use me. God can't use my family. Really, let me tell you, Pastor, what God wants. God wants me and my family to come to church and sit our butts in these chairs and not do nothing. Now, does that sound to you like God? Absolutely not. The problem is this. Look up here. Come on, don't miss this. So many of us see a limited God. We see God that's just barely making it. We see a God that's just hanging on. We see a God that's wringing his hand in heaven think, oh, my holy name, I wish I could do more. Instead of understanding that we serve the holy, triune, all-powerful God who can move mountains, who can do miracles. But when you see a limited God, you set your sights low. You don't want to raise your sights up. You don't want to elevate them because you don't want to be let down. I'm telling you, listen, rise up in you, faith. Spirit of God, rise up in these people. Spirit of God, rise up at every one of our campuses. Rise our sights up. The 2014 is going to be the greatest year of spiritual growth we have ever experienced. Your greatest year of ministry that you have ever done. You are going to see God move like you have never seen God move. Come on, let's change some outlooks for 2014. It's not, well, let's hang on, or man, if we can just do what we did, if we can rock on in 2014, absolutely not. It's going to be the greatest year in the life of this church. And if you'll let it, it'll be the greatest year in your life, because the best is yet to come. Now listen, I don't know about you. I don't know, but I'm excited about 14. I got some dreams. You got any dreams? You got some visions? Huh? Four of you. Anybody else? Man, see, come on. Man, Listen. I want to challenge you, get your personal growth plan done. You got three or four more days, get it done. If you weren't here last weekend, matter of fact, if you don't know what that is, go to my website, drchrisstevens.com. You can download free on it, a free spiritual growth plan. It's fill in the blanks. There's part of one in this book that we're going to give this. We gave it out last weekend, this week, at every campus. You won't if you don't. It's our theme for 2014. You won't if you don't. Because, see, 2014 is going to be about reaping. And I love to reap. You like to reap? I love to reap. But listen, let me tell you something about, reap, about harvesting, about reaping. You don't get to reap if you don't sow. 
It just doesn't work that way. And our theme verse for next year is Genesis 26, 12. And Isaiah planted, and in the same year, he reaped a hundredfold harvest. Now, a hundredfold is not a hundred times. It's way more than that. See, God blessed Isaiah, and we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about it next, next year. We're going to rock and roll. Listen, but you don't get to reap if you don't sow. So when this is a Bible reading record, every day thousands of us will open the Holy Word of God together and be reading the same verses. And then on the 13th, we start a 21-day fast. You can fast any way you want to. Man, fast a meal, fast TV, fast however you want to. And we wrote a 21-day devotion to go with it. All of us are going to be praying the same thing, asking God the same questions. We're going to be walking God together. Man, it is, we are going to see God move. And then you know what happened? We're going to start tweeting and Instagramming and Facebooking and emailing all that God's doing. And people, it's just going to start this building, this thing like popcorn in the house of God. Man, we're going to be, hey, did you read that verse this morning? God, that was awesome, man. Let me tell you what God said this morning. We're Facebooking, tweeting, instead of tweeting pictures and talking about where you ate at McDonald's, nobody cares where you ate and nobody cares where you are, by the way. But instead of tweeting all that stuff and doing that, you know what? We're going to be tweeting the Word of God. We're going to be Instagramming the Word of God. Man, I'll take a little picture of my Bible. Look at this verse today. All of us, we're going to, it's going to rise up. The spiritual momentum is going to fan into a flame. It's going to fan into a revival. And God is going to move. Every campus. You can pick these up. This is the deal. Listen, we're going to have some spiritual growth, but you don't microwave spiritual growth. Man, you know, microwave food's all right. If you're hurry, give me a crock pot, baby. Come on, big pot of beans, ham bone and an onion. About 24 hours, you can't even walk in the house. I snort that stuff. It's so good. And man, you know. I listen, and this is, listen, a crock pot, we want to, man, we're just going to marinate in the Spirit of God. We're going to walk in this together. It's going to be, we're going to, it's going to be amazing. Some of you, listen, listen join with me. Listen, I'm going to get healthy in 2014. Because you know what? I want to run this race. If Jesus doesn't come back and I live to be 80 or 90, I want to be a radical, yelling, running, Holy Ghost, Pentecostal, jump, pew, hopping, oh, wow, preacher dude. It's, listen, that's it. Come on. As I get older, I'm not going to get dignified. I'm going to get loose. See, because let me tell you what older folks say. Older folks say, well, I'm 70, so I can say what I want to. Now, being 70 doesn't give you a right to be rude, okay? Let's, let's, let's. But listen, this is the deal. Man, listen, I just want to be a radical wild. If, if Jesus doesn't come back, man, I, whoo, come on, don't y'all? Man, I don't be an old fuddy-duddy. But so let's get healthy. Get out of debt in 2014. Get some dreams. You say, I don't know how. Go back to faithpromise.org and look up the series we did called Tapped Out. We'll, t- we'll help you. We got classes. We're going to be starting in January. It blows my mind how many people at Faith Promise are broke and won't go to a financial help class. Come on, wake up. Are you tired of being broke? good, Chris. Be good. Be good. So we want to help you because we believe this. Third John chapter one, there's only one chapter, but third John verse two said this, I would that you prosper. Now those of you guys that don't want to prosper, the Bible says that you should. So take that up with God. 
I would that you prosper and be in good health as your soul prospers. Now, that's what I'm praying for me in my house, and that's what I pray for you. If you don't want to prosper, then I'm praying against you. Because I want God to prosper you, which means to advance. And so we, we, want, we want advance. It says in, in Proverbs, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. The people are unresponsive. The people are unrestricted. They are just running wild, willy-nilly. They're running here and there. Listen, we need a vision. We need a plan. We need some goals and some dreams. Come on. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And Paul said in, in 1 Corinthians 9, he said, listen, everybody runs, wants to win. So if you're going to run a race, run to win. If you're going to box, don't box the air. Man, box to win. Does anybody want to win in 2014? Does anybody want to win? Then run in such a way to win. Box in such a way that you're going to win. But you've got to sow so you can reap. So many people sow six days a week and they come to church and they pray for crop failure. Because they don't want to reap what they planted all week long. So you got to decide, this is what I want to reap of the Spirit. Then i got to sow the Spirit. I want to reap good things, and I've got to sow good things. I need a personal growth plan. I need to, I need to get my book, and, man, I'm going to hook up with the pastor. I'm going to make a deliberate decision of what kind of seeds I plant because the Lord of the harvest said this, you will reap more than you sowed, you will reap after you sowed, but you will indeed reap what you sowed. Don't plant potatoes and hope you're going to get some fried okra. Now, if you're from the north, you might not know what that is, but it's Holy Ghost food. <laughs> you tell I hadn't had lunch. And so, and so this is a deal, man. Just, just get a plan. 2014, God's going to move. Y'all believe that? So I want to challenge you. Listen, I want to challenge you in the next few days. I want to challenge you to do this. I want to challenge you to sit down and, and have a grow plan and decide what seeds you need to sow so that you can reap what you really want to reap. Make a deliberate decision. Are you with me? Because Isaiah planted, and in the same year, he harvested a hundredfold. It's our prayer that you, that you, that you just so harvest. Campus pastors, you guys would come forward at every campus. I'm going to pray, and you guys got it. Holy Spirit of God, would you fall on us? God, we are so excited about a new year. We're so excited about, about personal growth, about growing with you. We're excited about our small groups. We're excited about the vision that you've laid out, God. We are thrilled about what you are doing. And so, God, light a fire in us. Lord, Psalms 51, 12 us. Stand with a willing spirit. Ephesians 5, 18, fill us with the Holy Spirit, God. Give us your eyes. Give us your heart. Give us your desire. In the next few days, God, I pray that people craft plans and that as we move forward and we launch out in this Bible reading, that we do all this together, God, that you will move in power. God, build your church. Do Ezekiel 37, breathe on us and raise up an army. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. give him some praise, church, would you? Wow. Man. Woo. Now go home and tweet on Facebook and say, whatever you do, don't miss church. Amen. Now campus pastors are coming down front. And they'll be here to pray with you. If you need to pray with someone, man, if you have not given your heart to Jesus, they're going to be down here waiting on you. Or you can take your communication card and, and say, I want to talk to somebody about salvation or baptism or sign me up for next steps class. Because, listen, there's, there, listen we ought to have like 500 to 1,000 people join the Corps next year. Shouldn't we? Shouldn't we? So if you don't have a coin, why not? It means either you're not in group. Shame on you, in Jesus' name. It means you're not giving or you're not serving. Should we all go to group? Should we all serve? 
So we all give. Then you sign on the dotted line. What's the holdup? Man, listen, I got no problem signing up for Jesus. Amen? And so you can take those communication cards, sign for what you need. I'll be down front. Some of the pastors will be down the front to pray with you. Man, listen, I, I'm, I'm so excited. I don't know what to do. I believe the best is yet to come. Give us your heart, God. Give us your vision. Holy Spirit of God, would you move in power? In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, give him praise, church. Come on.